0: What is the Upskies, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the GX Hockey Cast, Episode 46, and this is my weekly little hockey show where I go through all the news in the NHL, mostly focusing on the Canadian hockey teams, but I'm a fan of the NHL and I'll talk about anybody. And of course the NHL playoffs have begun, so we are going to go through the NHL playoffs, I'm going to kind of break down, go through my playoff bracket and go through all of the matchups and kind of give my quick preview of all of the teams and all of the playoff series, and oh my goodness, was this week ever filled with fires, so many firings, (laughs) it's just that we got to put out all the fires, we're going to talk about a lot of the firings that have happened in the NHL over this past week, so... Let's just dive into it. Let's start with some of the firings. So let's start off with one of—I'd say probably the biggest one—is the Penguins fire GM Ron Hextall and Brian Burke and a whole some a whole bunch of other people. But the big ones going down are Ron Hextall and Brian Burke. So. This is pretty big because this is the this is the first time the Pen- the Penguins have missed the playoffs in sixteen years. That is out of control, man. So, someone had to pay the price for this. Uh, someone had to go down, and Ron Hextall's going down, and a lot of just a lot of. Things throughout his tenure there with the Penguins really didn't go that well. I mean, was that was the Granlund trade really the final nail in the coffin? I don't think so, but it definitely did not help out his case. Granlund, I think, in the 20 games that he played with the Penguins after he got traded there, I think he had two points. And he's got term on that deal. He's got another season after this one, five million dollars on that cap hit. So it's going to be it's going to be a challenge for whoever is going to be the next GM of the Penguins not sure who that's going to be just yet. I haven't really heard any any names or that many rumblings about who it could be, but uh it's going to be interesting. It's going to be a very interesting off season for the Penguins. I mean, it was a big it's a, it's a big deal, man, that they haven't made the playoffs. <laughs> they didn't make the playoffs this year. It's super weird, but well, A the Blackhawks are just playing we're just playing spoiler with They knock out the Flames and they take out the Penguins. I mean, the Penguins kind of made their own bed. The thing that's really strange about the Penguins' season is that Crosby, I'm pretty sure, I think Crosby played a full season, but the really weird thing is that Malkin played a full 82-game season, which is extremely rare. I think everybody going into the season after Malkin signed that extension, they're like, well, he's not going to play a full healthy 82 season ever again and boom there it was he put up a, a healthy 82 game season it was a it was a solid season for Malkin i think he had 88 points i don't think he cracked 30 goals which i think is a little bit low i would have expected more goals out of Malkin in a in a full 82 game season but Crosby and Malkin both having pretty good seasons but man there was a lot that went down throughout the the last year or so with the penguins i mean the the waving of Kapanen was really rough. Uh, he goes on to St. Louis, and it really looked like he found his game over there in St. Louis. So the question being is, like, were they deploying Kapanen the right way? Was just maybe the treatment of Kapanen over there not to his liking? And now he's over there in St. Louis. It looks like it's going well for him over there. We'll see how it goes in the next full season with St. Louis before we fully judge the Kapanen thing. But yeah, they definitely um, are probably going to be missing Kapanen down the wire and then we already we talked about Granlin getting added and then the the Marino trade the kind of the offseason they decided to get older which I found was very questionable the re-signing of Letang the re-signing of Malkin Marino going on to New Jersey and it looks like Marino was one of those uh, really important pieces that they added in the offseason that helped them get into the Stanley Cup playoffs this year so I mean, the Penguins didn't miss out by a lot. I feel like their season was still pretty strong. They had a really strong... They had hard co- competition in the East this year. They had 90-plus points in the season. So, it was a decent season, but definitely, I imagine, P- Pittsburgh Penguins fans are feeling a little bit disappointed right now, understandably so. And it's going, like I said, it's going to be a really interesting off season, and we'll... Uh, We'll look more, we'll be watching the Penguins uh, going on throughout this offseason, see what's going on, what is the future of Crosby, Balkin, and Latang? is there ever going to be an opportunity, is there ever going to be a day where Crosby is not wearing a Pittsburgh Penguins outfit? I mean, I, I don't think so, but like, ah, oh, the, the thought of him going to Colorado and playing with Nathan McKinnon, you can call them like the Tim Hortons line or something like that, and that would be a lot of fun, but I'd like to hear from you guys, what do you think is going to go down with the Pittsburgh Penguins this offseason, is, is Malkin Crosby, Latang going to remain Pittsburgh Penguins for the rest of their career, I mean, from the look of it as of right now, I mean, yeah, but weird things can happen, man. Speaking of weird things, I think, well, we're kind of going to jump around here, even though there is a ton of firings going on right now, but it is kind of weird. Um, There was an announcement this week that Jonathan Taves has played his final game as a Chicago Blackhawk, and that's going to be a little weird, man. It's going to be really weird, but uh, I do applaud the Chicago Blackhawks, or whoever made the announcement, they announced beforehand Uh, that Taves was going to be playing his final game with the Blackhawks and that gave the fans a good opportunity to get into the building buy tickets for that game and they showed up for Taves that night cheering him on and that was really awesome but What does the future hold for Jonathan Taves? I don't really know. I mean, he's been dealing with just a a ridiculous amount of injuries. He's been dealing with long COVID and then just, you name it, injuries from his just ridiculous career that he had. So, I don't know if he's going to maybe take a year off or something like that. This offseason, maybe recoup and rebuild himself up and then we get to see Jonathan Taves back in a year, but... That's a lot man like he's already gone through so much he's done everything that you could possibly do in the NHL he is a 3-time Stanley Cup champion he is a Conn Smythe winner he's I would I would say he's some people say he's a first ballot Hall of Famer. I think he's a Hall of Famer. I would say so. Going, He'd probably go down as one of the better, best leaders of his time. Mr. Captain Sirius. I mean, I've, I've enjoyed Jonathan Taves throughout his whole career. He's not really... I wouldn't say he's one of my favorites. It's just kind of a mutual respect for Jonathan Taves and the game that he played. And all the... the got? the resilience of, of him just continuing to con, uh, come back to the game that he loves and trying to play through all these ridiculous injuries through all these crazy storylines that have been going on with Chicago throughout the years and then he being the last man standing from that dynasty like he had to sit there and watch every single person get shipped out of there Seabrook Keith Patrick Kane this season that was probably a big one and now Taves is gone, is going to be gone, so I don't know where he's going to end up, a lot of people speculate that he'll end up in Winnipeg, because he's from Winnipeg, and that would be really cool, and I don't know, maybe Taves is the, will slot in, maybe because everyone believes that Pierre-Luc Dubois is basically solidified to be a Montreal Canadian next season, so maybe Jonathan Taves is a guy that slips in there and helps them down helps Winnipeg down the middle next season that would be a lot of fun but I think I think Jonathan Taves he's gonna sign with a contender he's gonna sign with somebody that he thinks is going to win I think it'd be really cool if he followed Patrick Kane like if Patrick Kane happens let's just say theoretically he somehow re-signs with the New York Rangers and then like Jonathan Taves follows him there he signs like a league minimum and then bam you got Patrick Kane and Taves in in the and on the York rangers that would be a lot of fun i think but uh congratulations to jonathan taves on a ridiculously long uh, pretty darn successful tenure there in the in chicago and my cat is back there taking a dump so i moved my podcast setup into a bigger area but it's also sharing a space with my cat's bathroom so uh my apologies. So, uh, speaking of my apologies, uh, let's... I don't... I'm, fuck it. I don't care. The fucking Calgary Flames fired Brad Trev Living, the GM of the Calgary Flames. So, boom. There it is. So, I think it was going to be between one or the other. It's rather Daryl Sutter is getting fired or Brad Trev Living is getting fired. And they went with Brad Trev living I think it's the wrong move, personally. I think maybe both of them could have been removed. I think Sutter should have been removed. I think that... I think they're going to regret. We'll see how that one goes, man, because I feel like there's – they're going to build a locker room divide with that because I feel like there's some players that are Daryl Sutter guys. They like Daryl Sutter. They like the way that he coaches – and then there's going to be that other half where they just don't fucking like this guy's style. They don't like the way that they're being treated by him. So I'm not going to put any names on it, but I would just feel like the younger players on the team would be a little bit more um, upset about the fact that Daryl Sutter is going to be returning and Tre Living more than likely sometime into the offseason, we'll be looking back and uh, diving more into the season of Calgary and go back and look at Living and all the moves that he did because, I don't know, man, it was really weird because in the offseason, everyone was calling this dude a genius for bringing in Huberdo, bringing in Kadri, bringing in Uyghur. Not only did it bring, bring in those players, he got them locked up to long-term deals, all of them. Huberdo, Uyghur, and Kadri are all locked in long-term. People were like, oh, they're going to be a better team they look like a better team on paper. They could do some serious damage in the playoffs. I was on that train too, man. Like I was like, oh, Kadri and Weger and then Huberto. Like, oh yeah, they're going to be a problem in the playoffs. And I stand by that. If, if Calgary managed to win maybe two of those games against Chicago this season, they would be in the playoffs. And I think they would have been a problem. I don't think, I think Calgary would have been one of those teams that even if they squeaked into the playoffs, even if they backed into the playoffs, I think that would have been a team that, Not a lot of teams would have been happy to draw in the first round. I mean, you got Lucic on that team. It's a Daryl Sutter team, so it would have taken a bite out of you in the first round for sure. But Flames didn't make it, and uh, Brad Treliving is needing to pay the price. So, kind of, it's. I mean, someone had to, man. It was bound to come. I feel like more is going to happen in the offseason. I don't think they're done yet. They better not be, because... I think they need to look at Daryl Sutter again, and maybe it's it may not be over yet. It doesn't just because he hasn't been fired yet. There's still a lot of time in the offseason. So we'll see where it goes with the Calgary Flames. Um I just can't I don't know. I'm still kinda hurt by that season. I'm gonna take a little bit of time away from the flames and just heal up a little bit because ouch. Speaking of ouch, oh boy, who do we go next? So let's go with the Caps firing Peter Laviolette. So Another another coach down, man. Just a disappointing season for the Capitals. They didn't make the playoffs for the first time in a long time. Very similar to the Pittsburgh Penguins. Uh, Ovechkin, more than likely, not too happy. It's just a disappointing season all around. So they're going to be moving on to a different coach. The future for the Capitals is, is a little bit murky. It's... Um, their defense core is a little bit shaky. Looking uh, for next season, Kuznetsov still apparently wants to get traded. They're gonna have to get a new coach now, and we'll see what coach they hire. If they're gonna, it's gonna come down to which coach they hire, and we'll see which um, which guy they bring in. It's gonna be interesting how that goes down. Uh, We'll just go on to more. Dallas Eakins from from the Ducks finally gets canned. So I I feel like people have been waiting for a long time for Dallas Eakins to get fired. I like Dallas Eakins. I was rooting for this dude. Used to be a coach for the Marlies. So I, I have a little bit of interest with this dude. And I thought he would be a good coach. But I don't know, man. Like so far in the NHL, it just really hasn't clicked with Dallas Eakins in the NHL. So maybe he ends up going back in the AHL. Gets a little bit of confidence over there. And does well because he did really good in the AHL. He was a very, very successful coach down there, and yeah, it hasn't been very good with him in the NHL. I, he was with Edmonton that that was bad, and then yeah, with with Anaheim there was there was zero success there for Anaheim. And even though yes, the team that was given to Dallas Eakins this season was awful on paper, there's really no way of sugarcoating that, but they even look they look much worse than they did last year which is not good man like they looked like they should have been in and around the same you didn't like ugh, that what they lost the last 13 games of the season i mean they have a fantastic i believe it's they have the best chance at Connor Bedard which is great i mean good for them if they get him they get him i mean it's 25% chance 75% chance that you don't get him so i don't know why everyone's so crazy about that 25% but Yeah, Dallas Eakins, he never really had a good tenure there with the Ducks. I have no idea what coach they're going to bring in. Honestly, I I hope we start seeing some new names when it comes to coaching because it's always just the same recycled names that we've seen over and over again. And then usually the same story ends up happening with that coach that happened in the last place that he got fired from. They... It just... I don't know. I would like to see some new blood coming into the NHL in terms of coaching. That would be really nice. So, sadly, it's over for Dallas Eakins. Will he find another job in the NHL? I mean... It is the NHL, so I wouldn't be surprised. But I honestly think he should maybe go back to the AHL and just try and get back to basics maybe a little bit. Get some of that success again. Because Buddy has been losing hard for some fucking years right now. So... And uh, yeah, speaking of losing, the Blue Jackets fire their coach, Brad Larson, after two seasons. Just a dev- just a horrible season for the Blue Jackets. I guess someone had to pay. It's gonna be Brad Larson. I don't think the fan base was a big fan of Blad uh, Brad Larson. And honestly, I mean the Blue Jackets, I I really like them with Tortorella. Like it really fit the identity of that team. And I feel like they're definitely missing Tortorella a little bit, as weird as that is to say. Because, like, they definitely have, they were missing that Tortorella spark this season for sure. Like, you've seen it with Philadelphia. Like, even though they were a terrible team this year, they still had that fight in there, right? Like, they didn't just lay lay down for every single game. Like, Tortorella just won't let that shit go down. So, that, that spark was definitely not there for the Columbus Blue Jackets under Larson. He was not getting everything out of his team. And, yes, you can't get behind the fact that Columbus had just an outrageously unlucky season filled with injuries bad luck no bounce luck on no puck luck this season mers Lickens I mean my boy man I fucking I was rooting so hard for mers Lickens to get it back this year one of my favorite names in the NHL I root for that guy he had such a, a just a tragic story of his friend passing away and stuff but yeah, man, it was a really just straight up disappointing season for Columbus. I don't think, I don't think, like, no one really expected them to. I don't think many had them going into the playoffs, but I don't think many people had them bottom feeders of the league this season. So, especially adding in Goudreau. But I think the big problem for Columbus is they had no centers. Like, they had zero centers. That was a big problem going into the season. I was like, well, they're relying on the young guns and Sillager to emerge as a top line center in the NHL and it's just not a gamble that was going to work out more than likely and it didn't and they really needed a center to play with Goudreau and maybe they get Connor Bedard and boom there he is there's your center and everyone losing their minds because I think Columbus won like their last game or something and Johnny Goudreau scored on a breakaway but they're NHL players man they're not just going to throw the game away that's not what they're about but it is what it is, man. They could still get Connor Bedard. It's not over. But I believe we are over with all the firings in the NHL. I th- I could be missing one, but I don't believe so. So let's move on to a little bit of other news. There's not too much news going on, and then we will get into all the playoff talk, okay? So there is some word, some some stuff coming out of Ottawa right now that Alex DeBrincat isn't necessarily... Willing, or he may not want to re-sign with the Ottawa Senators, and that is going to suck ass because, I mean, DeBrincat they they paid a they paid a pretty penny to bring him over there from Chicago, and if they're only going to get one season out of him, and I mean, even though people were disappointed in the amount of goals that the the Brincat scored the season, I still thought he had a. Pretty darn good season, man. Like, yeah, he didn't put up over 30 goals. He didn't put up the 40, even 50 goals that people were expecting him to put up at the beginning of the season, especially having line mates like Timmy Stutes and Claude Giroux over there. There was um, some pretty high expectations for DeBrincat, but um, I still thought he had a really nice season. He really picked up in the, in the back half there, and I thought he played well, and it looked like he was going to be a really good fit for the Ottawa Senators but as of right now he doesn't sound like he wants to re-sign with them or he's he's at least as of right now he wants to wait and see what goes on with management who's going to buy this team maybe he's a little bit speculative around all of that stuff maybe he is worried that the team might get moved which as far as I'm concerned I feel like there is zero chance that the Ottawa Senators are going to get moved um, Gary Bettman's come out and said that's not going to happen and it's from <laughs> from the track record of Gary Bettman whatever Gary says goes so I'm, I'm pretty confident that the Ottawa Senators are not going to be going anywhere so there's that so that's going on right now with Ottawa I really hope that he does resign because even though I hate well hate is strong. I, I dislike Ottawa because I'm a Leafs fan and I we have that battle of Ontario. But I'll say it again and again. I would like to see Especially the way that this team is being built right now. I would like to see the Ottawa Senators and the Leafs be competitive with each other. And I would love, I would love more than anything to see these two teams meet in the playoffs again. It's been so very, very long since these two squads have been on the same level in terms of skill and and being in the playoffs at the same time. So I'm dying for that to happen, but... If they don't have to bring Kat, I don't know. It's, it's definitely going to hurt their chances next year because he's a fantastic top six forward for them, but. We'll see, it's not over yet, there's still a lot of time they can work things out, maybe if Ryan Reynolds ends up getting onto the team, Ryan Reynolds will come over, go to his house, dressed up as Deadpool, he'll give him, you know, take him out, drive him around, talk like Deadpool, and he'll convince him to stay, he's like, man, I'll make you, I'll give you a spot in Deadpool 3, I'll let you have a little cameo, we'll hug, we'll we'll eat chocolate, and it'll be a really good time, so... Ottawa Senators fans I know you're probably a little bit antsy right now hearing that news but there's still some time there's still time we can get to bring cat signed okay okay so I think that's all of the news that I want to talk about before we get into the playoffs baby so it's fucking on it is finally begun so I have a bracket I made um you even though I know the playoffs have started I made this before any of the games went down so I'm not going to be influenced by any of the games so as of now all of the all of the series have begun and all of the we have at least one game done in all of the series so i'm going to go through Uh, The East and the West series. We're going to go through uh, who I think is going to win, and we're going to go through a little bit of a preview, and we'll talk about the first game in each series. So let's start with Boston and Florida. Boston taking game one, three to one. And honestly, I think Florida kind of um, blew a very good opportunity right here to steal game one and maybe get Boston on their heels a little bit here because. Boston had no Bergeron in that game. There's apparently a flu bug going through the Boston locker room right now, and you can kind of see it in that first game. I didn't get to watch every single minute of every single game, but I got to watch all the highlights, and some games I did get to watch. But you could definitely tell with the Bruins in that game, they were a little bit off. You can tell they weren't quite there, and especially with the lacking of Bergeron, it was a little bit noticeable that they were... Not quite the Bruins, not not necessarily up to that Bruin level that they've been playing this season, but um, Florida didn't get it done, man. They, They lose this game. Alex Lyon was in the net, and he played incredible, but that fucking Brad Marchand goal, dude, that absolutely dropped my heart outside of my asshole. I shit my heart out of my ass. I felt so bad for Alex Lyon on that one. He was making 10-bill saves left, right, and center. And then that muffin of a little Brad Marchand shot got through his glove. And, oh, that just, that one hurt me. But he did, he recouped very well Alex Lyon. He came back, made another incredible save on Trent Frederick. And then he gets, like, he stands up and gets right in Frederick's face. Like, yeah, bitch, I just robbed your ass. I love that from Alex Lyon. That was awesome. And, I mean, really beautiful goal for Maddie Kachuk. But uh, just not enough, man. All Mark played a really good game out there, and the Bruins take the first game, and I have the Bruins winning the series in six games. That's what I picked. I didn't want to count out Florida, man, because... The series matchup throughout this season, it was 2-2. Florida beat Boston twice this season. Boston beat Florida twice. So, um, I don't know. I feel like Florida has played Boston pretty well over the last couple seasons. So, I, a lot of people had this one as a sweep. I don't have any sweeps in the first round. I don't think I don't have any sweeps, period. I think sweeps are just too damn rare. So, I, I don't have any sweeps because I just think these te- all these teams, these 16 teams are f- fantastic teams. I mean, it's... No question, these teams all deserve to be here right now. And though I think um, uh, Boston is a very, very good team, I, I'm going to give Florida a couple wins here. But um, even with that being said, though they didn't get that first win in that first game, I'm, I'm a little bit nervous that they may not get two wins. They might be being a little bit uh, too nice to the Florida Panthers. But I feel like they're definitely going to get a win out there yeah, but Boston looks really good right now so far, even without Bergeron. So, so far so good for the Boston Bruins. I have them winning in six. We'll move now to the ta- Toronto, <sighs> the Toronto Maple Leaf and Tampa Bay series. So obviously, last night. The game one happened for the Leafs and the Tampa Bay series, and it went very well for the Toronto Maple Leafs. They won 5 nothing. It was amazing. Nothing went. Wait, what was that? Oh, that was last year. Oh, you're right. Oh, what happened in this one? Oh, it was a complete fucking disaster. Right. That's right. It was, wasn't it? So the Leafs get pummeled 7 to 3 in game one at home against the Tampa Bay Lightning. So, boom, you're already home ice advantage is already gone. I really had no. I didn't really give all that much of a shit, honestly, about the home ice advantage. Me, personally, I think the Leafs play much better on the road when it comes to the playoffs. The the energy in Scotiabank Arena, Air Canada Center, it just, it is too much for the Leafs team, man. Like, when that building goes down in energy, like, they go down in energy, it's just too much. I feel like, personally, they play better on the road, but... So, the game last night, before I can even turn on the stupid game, because I figured... I don't know, I thought that there would be at least 15-20 minutes before the puck dropped. And um, I went to get a coffee, and it came back, and it was already one nothing for Tampa Bay. So I'm like, oh shit, here we fucking go again. But, um, I mean, the game, I, I was talking to my wife before the playoffs started, and I was like, you watch. I'm like, the fucking referees are going to be the main storyline coming out of this series. And so far... They're, they're definitely leading the charge so far as, uh, as a main storyline for this series. So, uh, a lot of questionable calls last night. Michael Bunting making a complete fucking moron of himself. I mean, so let's talk about Michael Bunting right now. So, Michael Bunting absolutely brains Eric Cernak last night. Just clocks him straight in the head. No reason. Absolutely brain-dead fucking move by Bunting. I am not going to defend him for that. That was brain dead, completely brain dead. He's going to be suspended for that. As of right now, the suspension has not come down, but he is getting suspended, 100% getting suspended for that. And honestly, it might be a blessing in disguise for this team because now that problem is... It's out of the way, right? We got that problem out of the way going into the playoffs. Everyone was asking, well, what's going to happen with Michael Bunting? What's going to happen with Michael Bunting? What's what's the relationship between Bunting and the referees going to be like going into the series? And it's already extremely bad. They were watching him like a hawk. Um, Tampa Bay was absolutely feeding off that guy they were going after him and you could see the the level of um he just was getting angrier and angrier and then he exploded he exploded classic this happens every single season (laughs) every single playoff someone explodes and they're going to get suspended last year we had Kyle Clifford Kadri numerous times getting suspended like fuck so that happened and bunting gets a five minute major and pretty much completely fucked the whole entire team but before all that went down man the game was actually fairly competitive and it was going very well actually even though the Leafs went down I think it was three nothing at the point um there was a big hit by McCabe that started some shit and that's kind of where the game went out of hand so Tampa goes up Toronto gets back into it. They make it a one-goal game. The crowd is fucking rocking. The building's going nuts. I'm feeling the energy. I'm going crazy watching the game. Like I'm like, yes, here we fucking go. And then the bad calls started coming in. So McCabe absolutely ends and, and Ensemont, whatever his name is. It was a clean hit. It looked really nasty live. Like definitely looked scary. I thought I like I literally went, oh god. Like I was. I thought like that's a suspension he's done because of the way that McCabe like lifted his elbow up like just that all that that extra flare like he just went and and um but no when you saw the replay I looked clean to me it's just like he moved that elbow up but he didn't make any connection with that elbow from what I can see so it looked like a clean hit and then the shenanigans start happening. I believe it was Clorn or no, Nick Paul was going after McCabe. He slashes him like seven times, trying to get him to fight. No call. And then Camp with the le- he stick-on-stick stick slashing call. They call Camp, gets gives him a penalty. Tampa Bay cashes in on the power play. Dead building. It's over. Absolutely, the, the building is, com- all the air was let out of the bag. The, all the momentum that the Leafs just built up, it's gone because of that terrible Terrible call. That was a brutal call. I would have been fine. Like I would have been fine with Camp getting that call if they took Paul with him. It should have been four on far. It should have been four on four. Man, like honestly, I was very un uncool with that. I had no idea what was going on, and like the play was still going on awkwardly. It was a complete fucking disaster, man. Like that play was a mess. The Luke Shen penalty was fucking stupid. Like he literally one hand pushed him in front of the net, and they called that cross checking. Like, are you insane? Like, are you insane? Like from all of the years that we've been watching playoff hockey uh, that I've seen hundreds of cross checks, so, so much worse than that. Not getting called in the playoffs, especially like, are you fucking kidding me? I lost it on that one. I felt like most of the other one, there was definitely some non calls on the Tampa side. I mean, Matthew's getting tripped up. I mean, you name it. There was a, there was a handful there that Tampa got away with. I feel like the Leafs probably got away with a couple too, but man, there was the, some of the the bad calls against Toronto and they they led to the goals. And I mean, as a team, you know, you have to you have to barrel down, you have to just head down and kill that penalty. It doesn't matter and I feel like the Leafs let that narrative get into their heads a little bit. They're like oh, that's a bad call, and when there's a bad call, it's generally gonna go into their net, because, I don't know, it feels like they're already writing that story in their head, like, oh, a bad call leads to a goal, and that's the game, and stuff like that, I feel like they're already writing that article in their brains live as that bad call happens, and it's in the net, Tampa is in, and the game is pretty much over, man, like, once it's 4-2, that's it. Like, it, it was over. And then the onslaught just continues. I mean, Corey Perry doing the Corey Perry thing. He gets three points. Kucherov gets three points. And I feel like some of the Leafs, some of them had a decent game. I mean, Matthews was out there. He looked pretty good at times. Willie had a couple moments. Marner didn't look all that great. Tavares was, you know, it just it wasn't quite there. The power play was clicking, though. That was good. They got two, two out of four. And that was... That's another thing. I mean, Tampa Bay had eight power plays to Toronto's four. Not not great. Honestly, uh, t- uh, Toronto, I think Toronto actually eked out the the hits advantage there. So that was pleasant. They were doing the hitting. They were getting some of the blocks. And, yeah, man, it was an extremely disappointing game. I mean, it's, it's um, by the looks of it, um, especially once the third period started, they had Joseph Wall going in there. And they're going to pull Sammy out, try and just preserve him. And... Um, I mean, yeah, he gets a goal scored on him. It's it is what it is. I don't think it means that Joseph Wall is going to be starting the next game. I I, just, I asked that question to my buddy Kyle. Like, do you think that they're going to start Joseph Wall? And it's like, no. I think it's still Sammy. Sammy had a fine game. I don't think that most of the goals that went in were really his fault. I mean, the team playing in front of him, the bad calls. It just wasn't quite there. Like, yeah. I mean, Sammy's rebound control is still. Uh, not the best, and he was a little, it looked like he was playing, overplaying a little bit out there, he was kind of a little bit sporadic in his movements, I think he, obviously a little bit of the playoff hype was getting to him there a little bit, but, uh, basically man, with that, they're just going to have to reset, this happened last season, I heard a little bit of Cooper talking about it, he's like, the Leafs can still win this series, and he's not wrong because, I mean, Tampa Bay got lit up in the first game last year. Toronto beat them 5 nothing, And they came back and won the series. I mean, but that's Tampa Bay. That's more or less their M.O. They're a team that's built to do that kind of stuff. Are, are, are the Leafs, I mean, with their track record, no. Uh, I feel like a lot of people are already saying that this series is Dunion Rings. I don't think so. Not really. I do have the Toronto Maple Leafs winning this series in six. So, um, and I mean... I'll just say it right now, my bracket, um, it's a little bit, it's, I don't know, I I go, I do a bad mixture of like going with my heart and going with my brain, so my bracket's gonna be terrible, don't bet on my bracket, don't follow my bracket as it's going to be good, but I have the least winning in 6 because I want them to, (laughs) I want them to, I don't want it to go to 7. I think they could do it going in, but I don't know, man. Tampa Bay, I'm not counting them out. I never counted them out going in, even though people are like, oh, they're backing into the playoffs. They look terrible going in. It's like, no, man. Like, how many times do you have to see Tampa Bay just flip the switch in the playoffs and boom, there they are. And they did it last night. That was the Tampa Bay Lightning, and they were ready to go, and they had a game plan, and they executed it, and they kicked the shit out of the Leafs last night. And it is what it is. I mean, bad calls. We all knew there was going to be bad calls in the series. That's expected. And the Leafs should know better. They knew who the Tampa, who they knew that Tampa Bay was their opponent in November. They should have been ready for this game. They started out completely flat, like the starting, the starting effort from the Leafs in that game. And that first period was abysmal. It was embarrassing. It's just not, uh, it's, I don't know. It's, it's, I've seen it so many times. I really shouldn't be surprised, but it's a fucking disgrace, honestly, to start a game like that, like brutal. They got it going a little bit there, but then the referees decided like, no, we're going to end this game right here. So we'll see how it goes for the Leafs in uh, game two. I am very shook right now a little bit, and I imagine they are, but they have to come out swinging and it's a must win on Thursday they have to win if they go down 2-0 it's done like no I say no questions asked that you're like Tampa's not gonna let that series go away and it's, it's gonna be a tough one man Vasilevsky looks like he's there like they look like the Tampa Bay Lightning man for sure so we'll move on now to Carolina in New York I have uh, Carolina winning this series in seven they take game one Not a series I'm overly uh, into because I'm not really into the style that the Islanders play, but they're a very dangerous team in the playoffs. We saw it in game one, what uh, Sorokin was on fire, but they go with anti-Ranta, Carolina does, and interesting, I mean... On paper, he's got the better numbers. He um, he had a fine season. I, I was just, I'm, I was a little bit surprised they went with Anti Ranta, but he shut my mouth up. Man, he went in there and played fantastic. I, I think it was 3 1 or, or something like that. So it's going to be a low scoring series for sure. But Brett Burns, though. Oh, my God. Goodness gracious man whenever I was watching that game I could not not notice Brett Burns Brett Burns was insane out there in that game man he was excellent what a man I really loved that pickup for Carolina when they got Brett Burns like not only is he a fantastic player he's a great personality like a guy that everybody loves to have around and Holy crap, like, Brett Burns hasn't been in the playoffs in a hot minute, and he looks fucking ready to go, man. He was so noticeable out there. I, I thought he was my my MVP for that game. He looked fantastic. He looked so Everything that he did looked dangerous. He was flying out there. Every shot he took was getting through all the traffic and getting on the nets. Like, oh, man, Brett Burns is on fire right now. And, yeah, got Carolina winning it in seven. I think it's going to be a very very tight, close-checking series. I imagine a lot of these games are going to be determined by one goals and probably like empty netter kind of situations. It's going to be a tight series, it's going to be a very tight series. And then we move on to New Jersey and the Rangers, the Battle of the Hudson Bay returning. Very excited for this one. I'm happy to see uh, this one in the first round. I imagine the the two battling teams are a little bit disappointed because one of these one of these powerhouses are going down. I mean, both of these teams, New Jersey, just exploded onto the, onto the scene this year. And the Rangers, they showed they were legit last season going deep in the playoffs. So, I'm picking New York to win this one in seven. I think it's going to be a battle. Um, but uh, game one, very much so, was a dominating performance by the Rangers. They were... They just... They handled the, the Devils, and um, this is kind of the reason why I picked New York. They got more playoff experience. They had deep run, uh, so they got that experience there. Though the Devils, they have a immense amount of speed. They're an incredibly fast team. They definitely have that advantage going in. They might have the advantage on offense because they have some extremely talented players, but you can't deny the Rangers, man. Up and down, that is a good-ass squad. They got the forwards. They got defense. They got... Shusterkin in net, and that is that is the other big outlier is the goaltending. I mean, Vanecek doesn't have a good track record in the playoffs. He got lit up last night, and um, yeah, so I don't know. Maybe this series goes ends a little bit quicker, and and New York just kind of humbles the Devils. But I think the Devils are going to learn a lot of very useful uh, lessons out of this, even if if they do or don't win, they're gonna learn a lot. And they probably learned a lot in that first game, because they got absolutely dominated on home ice. So we'll see how it goes for the Rangers going on if they can rebound from that loss. I mean, they're kinda in the same boat with the with the Leafs right now. They lost their home ice advantage, which I mean that's good. That's that kind of sucks. It's a little bit more damaging for the devils than I think the, the leafs. Um the, the Rangers crowd is gonna be extremely crazy when they get over there. So I got I got New York Rangers winning in seven. And we'll go over to the West now. So Vegas and Winnipeg got their series started last night. I also have this series going to seven. I have Vegas winning this one. And um I mean Mostly because of the way that the teams came into the playoffs. I feel like Vegas was clicking. They were playing very well. And Winnipeg kind of backing into the playoffs. They were kind of getting it together there at the end. But, yeah, there was like a, what, a two, two and a half, three month period there. Where the Jets were just leaving the wild card door wide open for the Flames or Nashville to take it. Like, hey, if you guys want it, we kind of don't want it. Maybe a little bit. But now they're here. They're here in the playoffs. And they're playing Vegas. Vegas is dangerous. They went with Laurent Bossuat in that, and he was pretty decent, man. He was decent, but the the Winnipeg Jets get the win last night. 5-1 to one against the Vegas in their home building. Against the Vegas. Against Vegas in their home building. I mean... I don't think I had that one coming, but you got the Connor Hellebuck thing, so Connor Hellebuck is definitely capable of stealing a series, I would say, he is a a series-stealing goaltender, played, looked great last night, and, I mean, I think the Jets looked pretty darn good last night, Wheeler was going, Dubois was out of control, that guy is a playoff guy, like, when the playoffs come, Dubois is always out there just going fucking crazy. Kyle Connor looking super duper dangerous as as he is. Kyle Connor is awesome. Freaking love that guy. And I mean, Shifley, yeah, it looked like the team looked good out there. And oh god, dude, the scariest thing happened in that game. The uh, Baron fell onto Escape Blade. Oh my god, dude, and they and they showed it freaking 700,000 times, replay after replay after replay. It's like, do you know how many children are watching this right now? Regardless, I just, I turned away, I, I saw it, like, five times was enough for me, I'm good. I don't need to be traumatized for the rest of my life, but thankfully, thankfully that Skateblade... Just barely missed his eye. I mean, the blade catches him right above the eyebrow there. He needed 75 stitches to get that thing closed up. He returns to the game and finishes off the game cage on his head, horrifying scar on his face, like, dude, what an absolute animal, that is playoff hockey right there, but I am so fucking happy that that kid is okay, man, that was so terrifying, I forget which um, Vegas player was there with him, but he, like, grabbed him, like, making sure he's like, holy holy shit, dude, you okay, and, like, yeah, very scary situation, I mean, uh, these dudes are wearing extraordinarily sharp blades on their feet, and it was a very scary just dogpile situation and just dudes falling onto each other and he just kind of falls into the skate blade and it looked it happened in slow motion like I wa- I saw it live and it just happened in slow motion I was like oh my god oh my god dude like I've seen enough of these injuries I'll never forget the Richard Zednick one where he slashed his throat I, w- I was watching that game oh god it was so terrible thankfully he's he's okay and he's back playing so that was extremely scary but big win there for the Jets that is huge so home ice advantage is gone now for the for the for the Vegas Golden Knights and that's uh they did not look good man like the Jets shut them down they were not getting a lot of chances it was uh yeah it was a quiet kind of a quiet game for Vegas they did not have the offense going at all so we'll move on now to the Edmonton Los Angeles Kings series this is the toughest series for me to pick I think both of these teams... This one is kind of tragic because I think both of these teams are excellent. I I was really rooting for LA. I was for my underdog, Stanley Cup uh, pick. But now, of course, the two teams that I I really enjoy in the West right now are going up against each other in the first round. So this sucks. So going with Edmonton in seven games. um, But LA gets the first win, man. And oh boy. So... Wrexham Place, absolutely crazy. That building was bananas for 59 minutes and 45 seconds or whatever it was when up until LA scored the, the tying goal with 16 seconds left. Incredible performance from, from Kempe, from... Kopitar was excellent. I mean, Corpusello made the big saves. I mean, wow, what a game from the Los Angeles Kings. They would not go away. Even though that powerhouse of a team, Edmonton out there, I mean, their power play was clicking. Dreisaitl looked amazing out there. They were able to shut down McDavid, I'd say, for the most part. And, wow, dude, the, what a comeback victory for the Kings. I mean, they're a freaking really good team, man. They're really dangerous going into the playoffs. I really, I was over the moon about the pickup of Corpusalo and, what the hell, Gavrikov, but mostly Corpusalo. I mean, that was exactly what the doctor ordered and... Man, I mean, even though he has a small track record in the playoffs, when he, I watched it up close, him destroy the Toronto Maple Leafs in that series. So he has that in him. So LA is a very dangerous team. Though I have Edmonton winning it because of the, that lethal offense, I think the series is going to be, it might be the best series in the first round. So far, so good. I look, I'm going to watch that game tonight. It's going to be banana. Uh, Got to get Connor McDavid on the board there tonight. They Got to get him going. He had a couple really nice chances out there. He just didn't get one into the net. But um, going to be a really interesting series, man. Uh, speaking of interesting series, Colorado versus Seattle. So, obviously, everybody picking Colorado for this series, myself included. I have Colorado in five. So, Colorado's going to have to come back and win four straight because Seattle wins the first game in their franchise history by, on, on top of that. I mean... I'm blown away. I'm honestly, I'm a little bit blown away. Grubauer and Nett, he played excellent. I did not see that one coming at all. I mean, wow, just a really solid performance from them. I mean, Nathan McKinnon, I love watching that guy play. He was all over it last night, hitting a couple posts. It just wasn't quite there uh, for Colorado last night. I mean, Gorgiev, he played decent, pretty pretty all right. I mean, maybe a goal there that he would have liked back, but... um. Yeah, I caught fucking Seattle, dude. They got it done last night. Very, very impressive game from them. I um I think it's going to be an interesting series. I think I don't Oh man, if this this side, this this western side looks a lot more uh prone to maybe some upsets here. Like LA beating Edmonton would be an upset upset in a lot of people's mind. Not so much for me, because I really I think LA is a excellent team. Winnipeg over Vegas maybe would be a little bit of a an upset, But Seattle over Colorado for sure would be a upset. So we'll see. It's the Colorado Avalanche. They're Stanley Cup champions defending Stanley Cup champions. So I imagine they're going to come back swinging in the next game. So I'm not counting them out just yet. But fuck yeah, Seattle. You go, girl. I mean, I'm... I'm all for it. I mean, I think it's really fun. I can't wait to see the Seattle crowd and see how crazy they're going to be for, for their team in the playoffs. I think that's going to be really good, and they, they got some things to be excited about. They got a they got home ice advantage now, which is crazy, so you go Seattle. Good stuff, even though I have you losing in five, but it's good. It, yeah, good stuff, and we'll finish it out with Dallas and Minnesota, so this is going to be, uh, in a lot of people's mind, the the snooze fest of, this, of the series but um, I think this is definitely, this is going to be the goaltending duel for sure. So Minnesota having the decision to go with Gustafson or Flurry for the for the game one, they went with Gustafson, right move. I think it was the right move. I think it was the right move, and it showed. Gustafson goes into game one with a f- over 50 save per- performance, double overtime. Get the hell out of here. I mean, um, that game went on way too late. It was really disappointing because... Um, once you got to that second overtime, the crowd was was getting pretty thin. A lot of people were going home because, I mean, it's a, it was Monday, right? Like Monday, people got work, people got school. They ain't staying around till fucking two in the morning to watch Dallas lose, which they did. I mean, Minnesota gets the win here. I have Dallas in six in the series, but this one for me is a little bit of a pickem. I'm picking Dallas because I think they have a bit of a stronger team up front. I think they just have a little bit of a stronger team. It's very close, man. I think they just have a slight edge everywhere, just a little bit maybe. But I can't count out Minnesota, man. I mean, they... Really turned it on in the back half of the season. Gustafson has been lights out. Played phenomenal in game one. Basically stole that game in a way. Ottinger as well, though he was out there making incredible saves. So I'm seeing this series as the goaltending battle. Going to be very, very close. Probably going to be seeing some more overtime. I wouldn't be surprised if we see some more overtime. Would be nice if they would start these games a little bit earlier so that people can actually watch them. But uh, it's going to be a fun, it's going to be an interesting series. I don't know how fun it's going to be, because Minnesota's kind of gone, reverted back to their old way of playing, just really shutting you down, and Dallas, they can be a little bit boring at times too, but it's going to be a battle, man. These teams have met before, and they they like to hit, there was a lot of hitting in that first game, and yeah, I think it's going to be uh, down to special teams, like Dallas with clicking on their power play, getting what they scored two goals on the power play in like eight total seconds so their their power play was clicking so minnesota's gonna have to try and figure that one out and i think that's going to be the major part of the series is it it's going to come down to who has the stronger special teams so that's all of this series so um we'll go through the rest of my bracket here so going into round two i got vegas going up against edmonton I got Edmonton in seven, and then it's going to be Colorado versus Dallas in round two. Got Colorado winning in six there, so that would be Edmonton versus Colorado in round three, of the Western Conference Finals. I got Edmonton in seven, man. Like, yep, I'm, I'm jumping on that bandwagon. I don't know, man. I just feel like at some point the McDavid Dry Sidle magic has just got to happen. Even though I don't think they have the strongest team out there, I just think they have uh, they have that McDavid magic, dry sidle magic that no other team has right now. But uh, we'll see how it goes for them. And then Eastern side, <laughs> I got the Leafs going up against Boston in the second round. I actually have Boston winning in seven because I'm a psychopath. Um, we got Carolina versus the Rangers. I got the Rangers in six in that series. Which means you got Boston and New York Rangers in the Eastern Conference Finals. I got Boston in five for some reason. I don't know what the hell I'm thinking there. That will probably be a little bit more of a competitive series than that. And that means I got a Boston-Edmonton Final. I'm picking Edmonton because I can't pick Boston. I just, I, I can't do that to myself. So, but I will give Boston at least that much respect. Even though I had your team not making the playoffs. I got you making it to the Stanley Cup Final and losing. So, that's... That's pretty okay, right? I have you beating my Leafs, so there's that. Like, normally, normally I'd pick with my heart and I'd have the Leafs winning the cup, but, um, I don't know. I probably should have just picked the Leafs to win the cup there. I probably, like, I don't really care, man, honestly. Um, just kind of did it for the sake of it. I could, you know, it's, uh, it's, at this point, it's kind of hard to see the Leafs getting through Tampa Bay after that. I know it's only one game, but, um, yeah, it's it's the Leafs though. So um we'll have to wait and see. It is only one game it is a seven game series. We still got a lot of runway here, but I don't know, man. I don't I don't like the way that the referees are going to be dictating that series, so I'm a little bit nervous, but what do you guys think? Who do you have going to your Stanley Cup final? I guess I got Boston and Edmonton. I feel like that's a lot of people's picks right now. That's kind of the, the hot favorite pick going in, um, which is fine. I think it's understandable because Edmonton was one of the hottest teams, if not the hottest team going into the playoffs. They looked absolutely like world beaters. They looked incredible. But they draw the, the Los Angeles Kings, which made me go, oh, just a little bit for for the Oilers, because that is probably, that might be the worst draw that they could have gotten. Like, that, that, that team scares the hell out of me, the Kings, because I think they're really fucking good, man. That's a really good team. I, I, I think whoever comes out of this series here, Edmonton, LA, they're going to go on to the finals. That's that's who I feel like. <clears throat> I just feel like Colorado. I think I think there might be just a little bit too dinged up right here, but I think they're gonna they're gonna go deep. I think they're gonna make some damage, and then Boston, man, I I just don't know who's gonna take them down. It's really I have a really hard time actually like convincing myself that someone can beat Boston four times in a series. Like going into Boston, like that that Boston barn man is so fucking oh, it just drives me nuts. Like oh, that place is so scary. I hate. The Boston Guard, I hate TD Garden, I hate that horn, oh, so I I have a really hard time like just picturing that in my mind, but um, if anyone's going to do it, I think Connor McDavid could do it, and Leon Dreisaitl, so that is my predictions, and I think that is going to be everything for this episode for today, um, lots of hockey, well, not lots of hockey, but we got the games on tonight. Who do we got? Who we got? We got We got Edmonton, we got, yeah, well, we have Edmonton and Los Angeles game two. That one, I'm for sure going to have my eyes all over that one. Going to be very interested to see how the Oilers respond after that kind of a heart crushing loss. I mean, in overtime, even in that overtime, man, they were pummeling the Kings. I think they outshot them 10 to three, I think in overtime. And oh, I hate when that happens, man, when it happens to the Leafs. The Leafs will be pummeling, dominating in the three-on-three overtime or whatever, and then it takes one shot from the other team, and it's over. And then you got a stat line like, "Oh, in the overtime, the Leafs had ten shots, and this team had one, and it, only- and that was it. The Leafs lose in overtime." So kind of that situation right there for the Oilers. I mean, that that really sucks. You got Game 2 with New York and Carolina, Game 2, Florida-Boston. I mean, I don't—I haven't seen anything on Bergeron if he's going to be in for Game 2. I haven't seen anything on that, but— I mean they won without him in game 1 if they got that flu bug going through there I mean at this point Boston almost looks like they can they can maybe rest a little bit here I'm not going to I'm not going to say that but people have been suggesting like oh maybe they put in Swayman for a game or two here just to kind of rest Allmark but at this point I mean really no point to take Allmark out right now he's playing fine so game two for that, and then Minnesota-Dallas starting at 9.30, hopefully they don't go into triple-double overtime or anything like that, and the game ends at three in the morning, but um, there you go everybody, let me know who you think is going to win the Stanley Cup, who do you have in all your round one matchups, Uh, I'll just quickly go through it, I got Boston, Toronto, Carolina, Rangers, Vegas Golden Knights, Edmonton Oilers, Colorado, and Dallas going on to the second round, so if you think I'm an idiot, let me know, you can do that, <laughs> you, can f- you can send me a message on uh, Twitter, you can follow me on Twitter, there's a link down below, you can follow there, you can send me an email, there's an email down there, if you have any questions related to video games, hockey, or wrestling, or you just want to have any questions at all, you can send them in, I'll answer them live on the podcast if you'd like me to, and um, I also have a YouTube channel, Gamer GX Videos, you can go over over there and check out the videos I just finished up the the Detroit become human over there so that whole series is done with going to be starting up a new series this Saturday so have your eyes uh, out there looking for the new series, I've already announced what game it's going to be, but I won't announce it here, you'll just have to go and check it out on Saturday, it'll be there for you, and um, yes, thank you everybody so much for listening, you are fantastic, go out there and enjoy some playoff hockey, I hope you're able to watch some of the playoff hockey, I'm I'm trying, I work nights, so I don't necessarily get to watch all of the games when I want to, but watching the highlights, I have my eyes as as on these series as possible, so There you go, everybody. Have yourself a great day. It's hump day. You're getting closer to the weekend. You're almost there. You'll make it and enjoy some hockey and go Leafs go. Oh, boy.